mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. episode 39. I'm Tracy Prophet. And I'm Ruth Urquiaga. And I'm Jay Prophet. And we are going to get ready for the new school year. And I am super excited because I'm going to give Tracy a chance to be a coach. She has this new job and I am officially a teacher in over my head. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter how many years of experience you have. At the beginning of every school year, you start to have those nightmares. Mm Mm-hmm. You start to feel like, am I competent? These kids that are coming to my classroom, what? how is this year going to be different? Yeah. That's my goal is to make every year different and make every year better. Not, I've done this for 20 years and I know what I'm going to do. I don't yeah. think I've ever had the same first day. Yeah. Um, and, and you have the added however you want to call it, challenge or pressure to um, make it good because you've learned so much, you know, like that's, that's kind of where this conversation is coming from is that as we've been learning this summer, I've heard you several times be like, I'm learning all this. How do I put it all into practice? I'm feeling so much pressure. And how do I remember it all? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I read those books, but can I do number talks day one well they probably should know where their desk is yeah you know yeah where to put their pencils and that kind of stuff so some things about first day are just they have to be there and there's no fun way to do it but I really want the rest of the first days you know the first and how long do you do that like how long do you get them into these routines before we break out their objectives and essential questions that are math related right so we're going to tackle as much of that as we can today (laughs) Um, yeah right no pressure (laughs) um so i we should mention that we are starting a new season season two right because we're starting our second school year we started last year in the fall some part way through the fall when we had this great idea yeah when we had this great idea of i want to do a podcast hey me too let's do a podcast okay this week (laughs) okay here here it is (laughs) yeah so we're starting a new season and um just thanks for listening. Anything else we want to say about that? I think that sounds good. Okay, great. So let's dive in. What? Um, where do you want to start, Ruth? Okay, so let's start with what I know is good. Okay. And then we can kind of put it in order. Okay. Um, Sarah Vanderwerf, Joe Bowler, Sarah Carter, all of them have amazing resources on Twitter for how to start the school year with math. Who is Sarah Carter? I don't recognize the name. So at math equals love is her Twitter handle. Mm -hmm. And she is a high school teacher. Yep. So some of the stuff that I have access to because I follow her on Twitter requires a little creativity on my part to break it down for sixth grade. Um, But there's so much out there. And same with Sarah Vanderwerf. She is an Algebra 2 teacher, but she has moved out of the classroom and she's a coach or of some sort. Consultant or something. And so she um, she does a lot of the breaking down where the activities that she has work for middle and high school. And then there are lots of people, I'm sure, who have first day activities for 
mm-hmm. elementary school. I, I just don't have any of their names right now. I looked it up, Jay. Um, Sarah Carter is teaches out her Twitter like thing says she teaches algebra two and pre calculus, and she is in Oklahoma. Cool. So she's a Twitter contact of you guys. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I ended up following her because she posts tons and tons of puzzles. Like she gotcha. scours these puzzles. I just books. know the other ones were authors that I've heard yeah. of over and over, and I hadn't probably had heard her name but I, yeah. I wasn't immediately familiar with who she she's was. really good at taking these puzzle things that she finds in books and making them printables and then gotcha um, she also has this whole series of posters um that well things that she's put in her classroom for years and years and years she put them all in one blog post recently which is really cool okay so which of the which of these resources have you used before okay so sarah vanderwerf i used hers last year and i feel like I definitely want to do it again. Okay, I talk don't about feel it. like I did a great job, but um, she has a printable on her website that is just all the numbers one to a hundred. Okay. And you put the kids in groups of four and you put this piece of paper in the center of the table and each student has a different color highlighter and you have to highlight the numbers in consecutive order, working together as a team I can help you find your number, but I can't highlight it for you. Okay. You have to highlight it. And so I use different color highlighters and you give them three minutes. And she says most of the time they get to either 20 or 40 because you're just searching this random set of numbers trying to find. We found one. Now we found two. Does Does it matter how many people are at a piece of paper? No. Okay. It doesn't. Um. You'll find out why four is important in just a second. Okay. But while they are doing that, you are walking around with your phone. You have a timer set on it for three minutes and you're taking a picture of group work. Okay. Because it's the first week of school. And this kind of activity, every single person is engaged and no one has to be scared of not being able to do the math. And so nobody's waiting their turn. Right, because you're helping this person or you're looking ahead so that when it's your turn, you know where yours is. Okay. But you see these kids like standing out of their seat, engaged in this piece of paper. And then the activity, you do it again. And it's a great photo op to send home to mom and dad on the Right. Right? Yeah. So they have um, the, now they kind of know where they were the first time. So you give them another piece of paper and you say, we're going to do it again. Okay. And so they get a little bit further and you feel the energy in the room because even though it's not a competition, there's still this sense of how high did you get? Okay. And she said with middle schooler, she does it three times and high schooler, she said, usually are fine in with two times. Okay. But then you have this class discussion and you show these pictures which I really need to figure out how to do that on my new smart board, how to take them from my phone to my smart board to be able to show them immediately. And then you say, what does group work look like? What do you like that happens in a group? What do you not like that happens in a group? Mm -hmm. And you write these out on paper that you're going to then post in the classroom. What are some things? So can we decide as a group that when, we're going to do math activities. These are the kinds of things we're going to see. Um, we like it when we work together. We don't like it when someone sits back and says, I don't know how to do this. But we right. also don't like it when someone says, here, let me do the whole thing. And these are kids on the first day or whatever. Now, she, I was reading her blog just now, and she said that she does that activity on day three. Okay. And then on day four, 
she comes back and talks about it and makes her, these are the rules. And I can understand that because you have six different classes Mm -hmm. doing this activity and something is bound to come up in the last class that didn't come up in the second class. So now on the next day, I can say, look at all these ideas from all of our classes. What do we see that's the same? And what do we want to pull from this to create our set of not even class rules, but just you guys said this is what you like. So let's do what we like. Like group work expectations. Right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's a great way to talk about group work. And did then you, did you come back to why it's fours? Oh, OK. Sorry, I didn't. Um, on day two or whatever, she talks about the fact that math is the definition of math is something, 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 and recognizing patterns. Maybe something you want to learn right. from math class. <laughs> but patterns is the big thing. And so in this activity, the students realize that every fourth number is in a different quadrant. So every time you, the fourth person, highlight your number, it's in this quadrant four. And every time I highlight a number as the first person, it's in this quadrant. And so when you catch onto that pattern, you stop having to look at the whole piece of paper and you can just look in your little rectangle. And if you can find that pattern in the beginning, then you can do it. So it it makes another, not only is it a, is it a learning thing about group work, but it's a learning thing about looking for patterns and about the bigger idea of what math is, Mm -hmm. which is looking for patterns. Um, so what if you had a team of three, you would, you would still see the you would see the pattern. It just wouldn't be that every time you mark it, it's in the same box. Yeah. Okay. It would be every third one marked is over here. So you'd mm-hmm. have to pay attention to the order it's going in. Mm-hmm. But you'd want to um, have as many groups of four as you could so that as many people could have that experience right. as possible. And if you use different highlighters, which I chose to because I was in middle school, it makes the um, – it makes it obvious because all the orange are in quadrant two and all the pink are yeah. in quadrant three. Yeah. So if you had three people and you were doing lower levels, you might have that fourth highlighter and you just take turns picking that one up. Mm-hmm. So if, that, that, or I don't know. I mean, it's one of those. join them. <laughs> right. You know? If you could make, if you could make a, well, no, you need to take pictures. Okay, we'll let the teacher figure that part out. <laughs> um, hey, I had a quick thing she had mentioned in there about taking photos on your phone and getting them up on the board right away. Right. Um, there's two ways. Okay. That I can think my my little uh, brain spun on that. Good. Um, you know, it can depend on whether you're using an iPhone and your or a Google or an Android phone, and whether you're using a PC or a Mac, but. Um, really easy things if you are using an iPhone and you have a Mac in your classroom. If you're logged into, signed into both of those with your iCloud account, you take a picture on one, it shows up in the Photos app on the other. It may not be that simple, but once you set it up, it'll pull right over. Right. If that's not, and that's that's an ideal situation a lot of people don't have. If not, you can you, you can still use iCloud if you have a, a an iPhone and go to iCloud.com and you can log in just your browser and see your photos there. Or... So you, I could well, hold on. Mm-hmm. I can take pictures on my phone. Yes. And I have to use my PC that the school provided. Correct. I can't use my Mac. And you're just saying go to Internet Explorer and go to iCloud.com. I would say use Google Chrome and not Internet Explorer. But, okay. And and go to iCloud.com. Log in with your iCloud account, and it'll one of the things will be there with photos, and you can see your photos, and you can pull it over. 
maybe even depending on how you how you work in school, you can also install Google Photos on your phone. And if you have it up and running, any picture you take, you can set it to automatically include in your Google Photos account. That's what Tracy does. The only thing is you have to make sure that, like, is your phone constantly uploading? Like, in my building, I have to sometimes get off of the wireless for some things to work and then back on the wireless for some other things to work. So I'm I'm constantly switching off my Wi-Fi on my phone. So you have to see how quickly in your building is your phone actually uploading to iCloud Mm. or Google Photos or whatever. Because I have – so I have an iPhone – but this year I have a new, brand new, updated Promethean board, which has partnered with Android and not Apple. So right. I have to figure out all the yeah. And you know, but if I get on that Google Chrome from there, then I could make right. that if happen. If you use, if you're using Google Photos on your phone um, and you have it set up, you can have it set up to automatically any any picture you take to upload it to your Google account. And then go to Google Photos on that computer. And that way you don't have to email it to yourself or, mm-hmm. you know, text it to yourself, you know, or different ways that it's an extra step that you have to stop and go and do. And those are ways that, you know, it may take a little uh, finagling to get it going the first time, but makes that part easy from working with your camera phone. All right. So I feel like that's day three, a good day three, but I need a a get to know you activity that is meaningful without putting a student on the spot. I just read an article about how, when you say, tell me something you did this summer, mm-hmm. some kids don't have anything to share. So yeah. they either make it up or they get really intimidated or they just feel less yeah. than the person beside them because they didn't do something yeah. shareable this summer. Yeah. When one, one kid says I went to Rome and the other kid says I went to my grandma's house, you know, that's can be yucky. Yeah. <laughs> I went to snowboard camp in Austin, in Aspen. Yeah. Right. Not Austin. You probably don't go to snowboard <laughs> camp in Austin. Um, well, okay. So I know Sarah Vanderwerf and Sarah Carter both have some get to know you kinds of things. I don't necessarily know how mathy they are, but I don't really know that that's super important. Um, so, well, and I have one that I've done before. So Sarah Vanderwerf has the name tense thing. You have not done that, right? I haven't. I did it with our, some of our new teachers this week. Didn't carry it all, or last week, didn't carry it all the way through. But basically it's just a piece of paper and I'm picturing you would copy it on cardstock, one for each kid. They put the names on the front and back, which in your case, your kids mostly know each other's names by this point. Okay. So this is where I'm going to like... I know my students' names when they come in the first day yeah. because at open house, I have my phone and I have a little whiteboard and I just say, hi, Tracy, welcome to my class. Can I please take your picture? Can you write your name? Mm-hmm. And so I take a picture of just your face and then I take a second picture of you with your name. And mm-hmm. all weekend, I scroll through those pictures. Mm-hmm. So by day one, I know all 120 of my students. Mm-hmm. So there's never been a... Let's get to know the people in your class. I just assume that they do that in their other five classes. Hmm. They don't need to do that in mine. Okay. What if yours is the first class? Well, then I'm going to know them. And when they go to the other classes, they'll play those games and get to know people. Yeah. Because they are jumbled in sixth grade. And so it's not you're with this class all the time. Yeah. Um, So tell me about the name tense because maybe I can use them for something other than 
learning your name. Right. Um, so, well, I just want to, can I mention something about mm-hmm. the learning names, which is that um, I, I am learning how important it is to say people's names correctly. And I don't know how much of a challenge that is in your building, but in my building, that's a big challenge. And I just think Flipgrid is the coolest resource for that, that if the kids recorded a quick even just, hi, my name is blah, 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 you know, and just so you can hear them say their name um, so that you get it right. You know, that's that's a thing that if I was in the classroom, in a classroom where it, and, you know, it, I might not be sure how to pronounce everybody's name, I would use Flipgrid as my way to learn everybody's okay, names. Okay, so now let me ask you this. Can I do that in this open house setting instead of taking their picture? I think you can. Yeah. Flipgrid is just it's just open on an iPad on several iPads and then they just push the green button and they just talk. I think you should get them to say my name is say their first and last names. You don't know how many kids I get to the end of the school year and I cannot don't know how to pronounce their last name because I've never needed to. Yeah, and they never uh, so many kids I don't know how to say their last name. So say your first and last name and then make one interesting question. Like yeah. Um, what are you excited about this year? Or yeah, or tell me something special about yourself. Yeah. Or um, what do you like to do? What do you think? What What's the first word that comes to you when you, you think, think about math? That's, that's where I was going. Yeah, I didn't want to taint it. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be an that's interesting. What did. Say that again. Oh yeah. Oh man. Um, Hannah down the hall from me did that, and she showed us this one video of this kid that was so excited he was like bouncing up and down and he People said like what did he say so i like pizza and money <laughs> and, like, i like money and pizza like and also more money and shrimp and shrimp <laughs> it was so cute there's that as a so she just said something that you like or yeah i think so i don't so. remember the prompt i didn't see the prompt he just he just had a lot to say and it was, it was he just awesome. yeah he just filled up the whole minute because he wanted to i guess but yeah. so that's worth worth considering because it's important to know how to pronounce kids names and get it right yeah because even, even if you say, did I say that right? They're probably A lot say of kids that. are like, yeah, when you didn't. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so Sarah Vanderwerst's name tints. You, you put, they write their name on the front and the back of the, it's just a piece of paper folded hot dog style, sitting up like a tent, name on front and back. On the inside, she has a printable that's a Word document that you can edit yourself. It has the instructions at the top. You put, there's a spot for each five days going across and the date and you'd put, make it specific. And then it gives them lots of ideas of basically just write me Anything you want to write me in that first box. So the student writes something at the end of the class on the first day, and then you write something in the box right below that back to them. And it's literally like one or two sentences max. And she was like, yes, I know that's a lot of time, but she, she her blog post just helps you really understand that it's worth it into her. And then lots of other people have done it, and they agree. Okay, yeah, so well, I, they come to me on a Wednesday, and I teach them Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Can I do it three days? You could do it three days, or you could do it fri- five days and just make it be Monday and Tuesday of the next week. You know, or just make the boxes bigger and just make it th- go three. Why not? Three be fine, I think. It's okay. better than zero. Um, and then, you know, one day she says you have to ask them a question. Sometimes kids will write about how they feel about math or something they were learning or just anything. So check out her blog post about more about how to do it. But for me, 
I probably would not have been the student who would have made an instant connection with the teacher. And I, I, I like that like sort of secret, you know, I can tell you something that I want you to know there. <laughs> what? Remember that assignment I had in college with my final freshman English teacher? We had our first, our first paper was like, tell me, you know, it was some question and then tell me something about yourself yeah. that you, you think I should know. And so this is, you know, it's a freshman English class. And I am not a freshman. Second anymore. year senior. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so I wrote on there something, somebody answered the question. And, and the thing about me was, you know, I've struggled with this class and I've never finished it. And I've got to finish it this time because I'm graduating and something, something, something. And, and, and he would go through the next day and we had like turned those in. And so the next day at the beginning of class, he's reading through the, the role of who's here. And he's, you know, such and such, hey, I, you know, I also like the Denver Broncos or something, you know, and has remembered this stuff. And he gets me, he's like, Jay Prophet, don't worry, we'll get you through this time, bud. And goes to the next one. And it was just, it was just like, you know, he didn't, he didn't bring up that, you know, this is the fourth time you've taken freshman English. Why can't you finish it? Yeah. And, you know, other things like that. He just was, it was just that, that same kind of connection right away that he made with yeah. everybody in the class. It helps people feel seen. Yeah. That way. So. Yeah, hmm. worth a try. Okay, okay. Sarah Carter ha- on the on the get to know you thing has um, she has this huge blog post. Twenty one activities for the first week of school. It's pinned at the top of her page, and the first one is like, okay, it's the first day of school. We're going to do a quiz. Ready? And I actually have done this many times. This is one of my first day of school things, and my, uh, mine is usually a for- true or false quiz, and we do it with the like whiteboard paddles, you know. And you set them up. They're like, no, we're not ready for a quiz, and then it's just about the teacher, and so. Um, my favorite one of my favorite questions is about my favorite candy and I explain that my favorite candy they find out that it's hot tamales and so then all year long I get lots of hot tamales but the other thing is that the home, one of her homework and I've done this as well that your homework is for them to make a quiz about themselves and then you as the teacher have the, the you have to take their quiz so I'm going to write on their name tents and take 120 well, you, quizzes. No, I'm not saying you need to do both of these. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Which one do you like? So what if maybe you could different make, ones for different classes? Or what if you make your quiz and we just trade them the next day and you get a random person's quiz? So there, it's for the classmates to get to know each other, right? I think that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so day two we could do the teacher quiz, and then maybe you can. Use class time to make your own quiz mm-hmm. and finish it for homework. And what's my new techie way to make your own quiz? It's just paper, pencil, and we're going to pass it out. And I'm just thinking about the student I had last year whose handwriting mm-hmm. couldn't have been read. Well, they could type it if they want to. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she also, just as a, you know, just to, to put that out there, she just on this on this website has lots of like – group team building kinds of um, puzzle sort of things and then just other games and puzzles. I mean, and this is this whole thing is just this whole blog post could be used any time of the year, but she's just sharing with you the things that she'd use at the beginning. But there's so many cool things here to look through, but don't let that overwhelm you. Okay, we haven't mentioned um, week of inspirational math. Are you thinking that's the next week for you? Um so last year at the beginning of the year, both of us were like, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. 
Can you tell me what week of inspirational math is? Yes. So Joe Bowler wrote the mindset book that we mathematical mindset mm-hmm. book that we talked about, and th- she they've put together like a whole week of lesson plans, grade level specific that is just about teaching them how to have a growth mindset in math. So is this and, intended to be at the beginning of the school year, or is it a certain week on the calendar? It's meant to be at the beginning of the school year. Okay, and. There are tasks, like each one is task-based. That's what I really like about it, is that if a teacher had never taught this way, it sort of shows you how to teach with a task. You know, Mm -hmm. set up the task, do the task, reflect on the task. And then this is where she has those short videos where it's her and her undergraduate students, I think, Mm Just talking about mathematic about mindset, growth mindset, and they're kind of cheesy and corny, but also give some um, some science background about yeah. what happens when you make a mistake and how it triggers something in your brain. And yeah, I I with nothing else, even if you just use the videos, but put your own tasks in there. You know, I think the videos kind of can frame the conversation about having a growth mindset and how we're going to talk about learning math. Um, I, I used several, you know, two or three tasks last year and they're broken up by grade level. When you go onto the website, if you've never used it before, it's a bit confusing because it says week one, then week two, week three, and week four. You're not meant to do, it doesn't mean do four weeks of this. It means the first year we did it, we, we, we put out, you know, these tasks. And then the next year people liked it so much. So we came up with another week of lessons you can So you can, can choose do. which of these four weeks would you like to use. Right. Gotcha. And you can pick and choose. You could do like something from week one and something from week three, you know. But if – I think it's like if you had repeated teachers, you wouldn't – or even everybody in your building was using it. Oh, we did this last year. It gives you new stuff to pull from is the thought there, why, why I think there's new ones. But some of the activities I think are maybe repeated – Maybe. I'm not sure. Did you do any of them like video through task to know how long it takes? Like, is it a whole hour? Um, I did. And I remember thinking it was long. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think if you want to have all the conversations and, you know, make sure it, yeah, I think it would take the whole class period. Okay. So maybe this is your. The second week. Like the Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or something. Right. Because you need you need to get to know them. They need to get to know you. You need yes, the beginning has to just be some like procedure and where your supplies are and that kind of stuff. But you I really think before you jump in, you need to talk about how we're gonna talk about and how we're gonna learn math. Yeah. One of the things that I did, and I'm just gonna put it out there for teachers who have access to create a video, but oh yeah. The first year that we taught you have 120 students and you divide those by six teachers and each of the first period teacher's job was to put together your entire sixth grade binder for every other class. So let's all put one pack of notebook paper in the back of our binder. Let's all label our dividers. Well, not everybody works at the same pace. No. And not everybody knows where their stuff is. So the thing that revolutionized that first day to be able to do something fun is creating a, this is how you get ready for school. And I create a video. The students watch me put my binder together and they come to school and their dividers are done. That's brilliant. And you do that. So they do it at home before they come. Yes. And you just freed up that time. And so if you are 
a girl and writing with different colored markers and really cute on all your dividers is important to you. Cute dots. You have time to do that. And if you're a girl who just wants to get it done. That'd be me. Then you can just get it done. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a girl and your mom is like, so do only girls I do this? I want to make this. I don't know why I kept saying that. I didn't want to make it like <laughs> gender specific. Gender specific. So I just kept and saying then you girl, did. right? Um, if you're a student who. Right. So parents can help and you can take as long or as little as you want. I love it. What percent of your kids come with it done? 99. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. Again, that's pop- part of what your population, yes. you know, who your clientele are. But yes. still. And the student who doesn't have it, it's so easy for me to just say, come over here. Here's your notebook paper. Here's a binder. Because I do have students who come and don't have their supplies. And that is totally okay because I've got it One instead of 20. That's going to be our kids this year. (laughs) Yeah. We haven't shopped yet. You still haven't shopped yet? No. I'm sorry. (laughs) Are you podcasting with me instead of school shopping? Yes. Yes. We also, Adley's going to go tomorrow to orientation, and I was like, this is your one job. Ask each yeah. teacher what your materials are, because you know every year how it goes. You say you want these 10 things, and then teachers switch around, and they're like, oh, we don't need that anymore. So ask every single teacher exactly what you need. Write yeah. it down on your list, and then, yeah. Also, I should just mention that this morning I finished the very last test of my very last class for my math specialist degree, and that has been like – all I can think about for the last three weeks in while I'm in this class. So I have a tiny bit of an excuse why my children don't have shoes without holes and school supplies. <laughs> and you got a new hairdo. So yes. So life is good. <laughs> Let's keep the priorities of focus. Okay. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. So, um, so let's talk about pre-assessments mm. because I'm in an environment where I am required to get some kind of baseline, what do you already know, hmm. and share it with the parents. It's not affecting your grade. But I've always just done a multiple choice, show me what you know, hmm. assessment. And How I, early do you have to do that? The high school math teachers in my building are on it day three. Bleh. And it's supposed yeah, to or- assess... What you know about your math packet that you completed this summer. Well, I've worked really hard (laughs) on my math packet to make it something that, like it's go to the grocery store three times this summer, write down how much you spend, find the average amount you've spent in those three weeks. That's good. Go to the store, buy three things, write down the total, write down the cash, or use cash to pay. Write down the total and write down your change. So these are tasks, not tasks, skills that they should have known finishing fifth grade. These are not right, skills that you're assessing them that you're going to teach. They're skills that they should have already known. Correct. And you're just seeing where they are to start there. And it's forcing them to think about math during the summer. Yeah. Have, I mean, has it been well received? Or have it, you heard anything? Because um, that's very different from what everybody else in your building does, right? Right. And so, but I'm the first one. So oh, you mean sixth grade is the first sixth time they grade would have is had the this? first packet that they have. So okay. they come into sixth grade and they have to do all these activities with their parents. <laughs> and then next year they're like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> but I maybe you could write it for the next year. Boom. 
Uh, or not. Wow. Tracy, <laughs> why don't you give her a couple more jobs? Okay, do? sorry. Take that out. You Scratch know. that. <laughs> um, but I had a student who reached out to me because I taught her two siblings. And she's like, can you help me with this? Absolutely. Let's talk about what, you know, what is on there. And there's some basic stuff on there, like what's the greatest common factor of these two numbers. And, yeah. But it's not just do these 32 pages of math. There's just different tasks. Like measure the four sides of your table, write the perimeter, think about something that you would have to do, a project that would require you to know the perimeter of your table. Mm-hmm. And her mom was like, I don't know what we do to our table that would make us know the perimeter. So we got to talk about it and we ended up that maybe we wanted the edge of our table to be a different color than the rest of it. And so we just needed to know the length of that. Mm-hmm. Cool. I don't know. In remodeling my house, I know all of this Having a mm-hmm. dinner party and you want to, every right. person needs this much space. Yeah, that's good. I hate oh. to be smart, Alec, but what if you have an oval table? Oh, dang. So we just told her to pick a different table because yeah. she actually said that to me. She was like, well, mine doesn't really have a perimeter, but we measured and then we just estimated what those sides Wait, are. Wait, you telling me ovals don't have perimeters? As, well, it doesn't have a circumference either because it's not a circle. Mm, what would you call that? The distance around the outside of the oval. But what? why is that not a perimeter? I guess it is. Oh, we need to look that up. Yeah, we do. Um, that's a good math question. Like, do you walk the perimeter of a track? Yeah. Hmm. All right, pause. <laughs> if you walk down the center, you get in trouble across the field. Okay, so we looked it up. And as best as we can tell, you would still call it a circumference. Um which you still need to know something other than just the four sides, which yeah. is where we went. Yeah. All right. So that's cool. Math packet as an improvement um, over, you know, lots and lots of pages. So where were we? We're with we're on a pre-assessment. Right. So yes. what are we going to do for a pre-assessment? Because last year, I don't know, Tracy, I think you guided me to it. It was this pre-assessment that had like 31 boxes and this lady read the question to you what is the number between 672 and 674 i thought your school like paid for that or something hmm. i don't think i told you to do that okay i gotta find that it wasn't me either yeah <laughs> but the answer is 673 for anybody else who is <laughs> paying attention oh <laughs> i didn't even listen to the question i need to read it again um so What's the purpose of the pre-assessment of the pack? I think of the pre-assessment. The purpose of the pre-assessment, because of the clientele that I have at my school, okay. is to inform the parents whether or not they're going to need that additional support at home. I don't give a lot of homework, but I do have access to the videos, and so I would like to say this is a resource that you should probably be aware of. Because as we travel through math this year, your child may may need it. I don't know. So if, sorry, I'll let you go. So why don't <laughs> probably stepping on your coach toes? Over it's here. all right. <laughs> so why don't I'll let you go a second? Okay. Um, <laughs> so why don't you make the resource available to everybody? So it is available to everybody. I guess I just don't know how to say your kid didn't do well in the pre-assessment. They're going to need extra help. So, but why not go, so this was my beef with what we were required to do last year was this like one huge pre-assessment at the beginning of the year. And I don't find that especially helpful. I want to know like, 
a pre-assessment on what we're getting ready to do. So, you know, I would do pre-assessments all along. So what if you just did a, was that what you were going to say? Did I take your idea? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We can rewind and let you go and say it if you want. I'll add something better to it. Okay. Okay. So what do you think about in chunks? Like I did that pre-assessment. It's just that like checklist thing for the administration. Are they requiring you to do it? It's just a math department thing. What did you do on your pre-assessment to assess what they got from their summer math packet? And in my honors classes, not my sixth grade, but at my school, their pre-assessment is grade because it's an assessment on what you need to have mastered from algebra one to be successful in Wait, so they algebra get a, two. They get a grade because they're a not honors second grade class. about what they got what they did last year. Yeah. Okay. I have another idea. Okay. We just won't touch that. We'll just leave that right there. (laughs) So why don't we, why don't you reflect? Why don't you let your pre-assessment be a reflection and let them, you know, ask a couple questions. Which one of these was the most exciting for you and why? Which one of these was the most annoying for you and why? Which one of these did you have to ask help for? Hmm. Um, And give them like fractions, integers, whole numbers. Is that what you're talking about? No, like... Like have the have your math packet in front of you and okay. look at it and refer back to the reflect packet. back to what you did. Because then, I mean, they're going to tell you where they if they're going to, you know, you could have some like. So for me, I don't have I'm going to say maybe 35, 40 percent of my students do the math packet. Because it's extra credit, it's not required. OK, OK, so for the student who's newly transferred to my school and didn't even okay. know we have a summer That's math a thing. packet. Yeah. You know, so, but I like that whole reflection thing. What if it was, which one of these word problems would you be the most intimidated to attempt to solve and just have three of them there? Which one do you feel like you know something about? What part of fractions do you remember? What part of fractions are you excited to learn? What part of fractions are you nervous to learn? Yeah, but what about the kid who just doesn't even know? Like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, someone's like fractions. But what if it's multiple choice and it's just words like adding fractions with common denominators? I don't know. I I mean, I just am kind of taking your reflection and trying to make it. So if I was... <sighs> If I wanted to collect information about my student, I mean, let me back up a couple steps. If your if your department's saying you have to do it, that's one thing. So you have to maybe figure out, in my mind, the minimum to meet their yeah. requirement. Two, are parents really going to use the information that you give them? Maybe not. And my thing is with that, if it's something you're covering, you know, the last quarter of the semester, and you tell them about it on day seven, six. They're not going to remember that they need help back then, you know, at the end of the school year. If you let them know if there's like some sort of pre-assessment all along the school year. And at that time, you either if, if you still need to let parents know or just make resources available. But what it so what if you what if your assessment is more about problem solving and like the process of attacking a problem? You know, what if you have some deeply rooted in a context task that might have even several levels, you know, like everybody should know how to do this. Hopefully we can do this. And, 
make it be task-based, draw a picture to go with this, explain it in writing, you know, see where they really are with their ability to solve a real world problem and then their ability to communicate their answer to you. And then, and then the other thing is what's their stamina and confidence when it comes to problem solving? Is that crazy? It's not crazy. I'm just, then you got to grow check it figure out what the task is well what if you use what if you use one of the week of inspirational math tasks in that way what if you like do a couple monday tuesday wednesday and then thursday is the one that you say okay or you could use an an exemplars problem you know something like that like don't make it up find you know find one okay Use math recess. <laughs> okay. She's writing it down. Right. Can you hear her scribbles? Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your pushback? Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you're like, I gotta, I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. after I do it, then I'll, I'll let you know what the pushback is. Yeah. It might be the pushback is the administration saying what is this it's not like anyone else is in the building although they've said that your many, whole many career times to me <laughs> i think that's beneath your name beside your door yeah you're not like anyone else that's why we like you um so yeah i'm going to i'll do that i keep will keep it really simple like make it maybe even a like a cra kind of assessment where I mean, you could use the one I use where you have to, where you give them a problem and have them model it with concrete, model it with a picture, and then model it with the equation. You so know? what kind of a problem am I giving them at the beginning of well, sixth grade? Well, what are you doing at the beginning of sixth grade? I'm introducing them to integers for the very first time. They don't know what the words are. They don't know positives and negatives. Okay, well, then it probably should be something... You're gonna you're gonna go next into addition and subtraction, right? Well, mm-hmm. what if it's about just okay? Stay with me here. What if it's just about modeling an addition or subtraction problem with whole numbers? Because everything I've learned this summer says that part of kids' problem is that they don't really understand the operation. You know, you learn all these algorithms and then they get all mixed up in your head and you need to know that they have a solid understanding of just addition and subtraction and ways to model it so that when you start modeling addition and subtraction with integers it has some meaning right so i that makes me think about the student who brought her math packet to me and she left this page blank because the task was two times three is another way of saying two groups of three and when you draw a model of it you draw two groups with three in each group can you model three and a half groups of four? Uh-huh. And she just was like, we couldn't do that. And her dad was helping her and her dad modeled four groups of three and a half. Hmm. Huh. But she she had a really hard time knowing to put the halves together to make a whole to uh-huh. figure out why that was going to equal 14. And so I was able to talk through that. So uh-huh. maybe if you've done that math packet, then you can model concretely two groups of three. And then you can model with a picture and then you can write what that means. And mm-hmm. then you can do it again with two and a half groups of three, even though you've never 
modeled that. And yeah. two and a half groups of three is a little bit trickier than three and a half groups of four. Yeah. Because you can't split that three. So you can't split a three. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So maybe that's the second part. You've modeled addition and subtraction and you're going to model multiplication and division. Maybe that's what it is, a CRA for each of those. And maybe you only get to the addition subtraction and you don't finish. Yeah. Yeah. So, but tell me why you would, well, other than it's sixth grade, but are you saying you would use fractions in all of those? And do they really have a solid understanding? So like, maybe I'm, think, I'm, think, I'm thinking whole numbers, but tell me why well, you would not. Because I'm thinking, I want to see how high you can go too. Like I want to oh. see what students I have that really do understand. Okay. I'd be afraid that if their misunderstanding of fractions may taint what they know about the operations. Well, maybe you, I, I agree with you. Maybe you could have levels of choice. You don't want to get, you just really don't want to get it too crazy. Right. Like too complicated. So talk to me about what kind of a problem you would try to model with addition and subtraction. Would you model a like 27 plus 13? Mm, I was would... thinking like something like, um, my favorite one that they always don't know is you have a your your class is trying to earn two hundred and fifty dollars for something, and they've they've already saved one hundred seventy nine. How much more do you have to save? It's a it's not a takeaway problem. Mm-hmm. It's a subtraction problem that is counting up or part whole something like that so how do they model that concretely um the way you taught me which is you lay down 250 of this is one way lay down a 250 of base 10 blocks Mm -hmm. and then lay on top of it the 179 and then count the part that's not overlapped that's how i would do it how would you do it so i I guess my question was how would you model it is what kind of things do you provide for them? Do I just say here are base 10 blocks if you want them? Like what other concrete or do I say here are base 10 blocks? You have to use these. Is there another tool that would allow them to do it concretely? My question is what's the second letter? Representational. What is is representational? Drawing this out? Yes. So what's the difference in them manually manipulating base 10 blocks versus drawing some base 10 blocks on their sheet of paper. In this case, oh, I mean, you could do the exact same thing. Sometimes they do. Um, I would choose to go to a number line. Mm -hmm. If I, if I had to do the concrete and representation, I would use a number line. Um, I don't, I don't have the right words for it, but I do know that like little kids. I'm Being able to touch this. the blocks is kinesthetic. Right. And you can make a mistake without having to erase. Gotcha. And there's a lot to be said for being able to just move the block and try again when you're drawing it and you have to, you draw on your 250 and maybe you've spent a really long time drawing that. And now you're going to color 179 and you color it wrong and you have to draw it again. 
I got you. Here's the other thing is that like it I'm just trying literally to get it away from having to use the base ten blocks. It literally is two hundred and fifty. Like you could count every single one, and then it's a step in your brain, understanding wise, to now let this square represent a hundred. Hmm. Gotcha. That's I, I don't know I don't have the I very concrete language for that, but that's when you work with like first graders, there's this step from I'm gonna hold ten in my hand to I'm gonna draw ten. And you have to yeah. understand that those still each represent one thing. You know? So if I'm gonna do this kind of levels, that's your first level. So then maybe I would say how much more would it be if you had a hundred eighty nine dollars and ninety two hundredths? Or just nine-tenths, and I wrote it in words. So now you have to take those words, and you have to understand where nine-tenths goes, and then you have to figure out the difference in your blocks. I mean, that's – to model that again, yeah, is that – what do you – if it was me, I'd want to know, do they – before I want to – know do they understand fractions and decimals i want to know do they understand multiplication and division like i'd rather step it up from there to whole numbers with multiplication and whole numbers with division well i was envisioning like here's your addition and subtraction if you do this one then you go to multiplication and division and then come back and do this okay higher level addition subtraction so then your multiplication one just for the sake of having to count all of those out, I feel like it's just concretely show me three times two. Representational is show me three times two. Well, three times two or like what? Four times eight or like. I just was thinking about drawing. Yeah. I'd pick something bigger than three times two. Okay. But it doesn't have to be huge. Four times six or, you know. Okay. And and you're going to get so many kids that don't know how to do it. You're going to mm-hmm. get kids who are going to put four circles and then the time sign and then this and then the six. So you know six that. circles and then they're going to equals and then they're going to put a pile of 24. We already know that's what they're going to do, right? right? So then you have to be prepared. Okay, you've got you've done your pre-assessment, which means they don't know how to model multiplication, which is going to impact I mean, that's the whole point. A pre-assessment is to say what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to reteach how to model the operations because that's going to impact the way you think about it. Right. And how you are going to learn fraction and decimal. I just don't want you to like <laughs> make your pre-assessment take three days. Right. It you won't know? take three days. So then we're going to do four and a half groups of five for your, if you did four groups of five, then you're going to do four and a half groups of five. Mm-hmm. And can I'm you have see if you tasks that, because you talked about earlier, you know, scaling it for people that have this right away and trying to, use, you know, reach how far they know. Can you have it so they complete a task and they bring it to you and you hand them the next task? And it's not about completing the task. It's just about the time that they're working on these things. Or is that frustrating because I I think when the person beside you is getting up every single time there's this drama of I'm done let me go see Missy again I'm Mm -hmm. done let me go see Missy where if you give them the four task everybody just works and does what they can I guess I was trying to alleviate the you know if I got a sheet of four tasks and number one is kicking my butt I'm gonna be frustrated that you know I'm gonna be stressed out that those other three are not which is why when I did it I did the 
concrete and the representational and the abstract all on different half sheets of paper, and they could actually go in any order they wanted to, which I think is really helpful. And, and Say that this, one more time. Okay. So, so let's go back to – Let's go back to that one. I – I'm trying to remember if the numbers were the same or not. I can't remember. Would you want the numbers to all be the same so they were getting the same? I think you would, right? Mm-hmm. But I had the story. I know. I do know the story was different. I think I had the numbers different. Um, but it may speed up the process if they're all the same. But it was like a half a sheet of paper, and it said, here's the story problem, and they needed to solve this one concretely. And so when they were done with that one, they'd call me over and I'd, they'd quick explain it to me. And I'd take a picture with their name beside a sticky note or something with their name beside it. And you can do that part or not, you know. And then I say yes if you have the time. And then over here, now, okay, now I want to try the abstract one, which is just show me how you're going to solve this subtraction problem. You should make them different. Okay. You should make di- different numbers. But maybe all that, like, comparison model of subtraction, which is or part, mm-hmm. part, whole, you know, don't do takeaway right. um, in your story problems. And then the last one, here's your abs, here's your um, representational, draw a picture and, you know, talk about what some of the ideas would be ahead of time. Like what are some of the ways you can use a model to do that? So they're not like, I don't know what she means. Um, number line, base 10 blocks. So you're going to get three strips of paper with these different problems and one is concrete and one is representational and one is abstract and you can do them in any order. That's how I did it, but it but it but you could just have them on the paper and say they can do them in any any order. Okay. I don't know. I just know some kids are like to heck with your models. I want to solve it cuz I know this algorithm. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, but then go back because that means that here's what you know. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to be learned from that too. You know, like that's a thing to know who who is really algorithm driven here in your group and who needs the models, wants the mm-hmm. models, is not scared of the models. You're looking overwhelmed. Okay. If it's, if it's too, I mean, I think it's good. I so the overwhelmed part is just like. Okay, I have to unpack my closet and put everything away and sit down at my computer for this long and come up with these. Right. Instead of push print from last year's. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's really tempting. Yeah. Holy cow. I've, you know, I've got this down and now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be different. And it's really fun in the summer to be like, woohoo, I'm going to be different. Yeah. And then it's like, well, shoot. Dang. So go back to difference. go back to what how did last year's pre-assessment inform your instruction? I have no idea. Well then there you are. <laughs> I think you <laughs> have your answer. It was not a very effective pre-assessment. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, it was pointless and yeah. a waste of time and paper. Right. And and also frustrating your people. I mean, this might frustrate them too, let's be honest here. But <laughs> but you know, Oh crap! I don't know how to do this. And this is what math so is. I'm, you know, this is a really good post assessment at the end of the year on their final. Here's a problem. 
show me concrete representational and abstract. Mm -hmm. And then I really get to evaluate myself as a teacher Mm -hmm. how many of these students couldn't do it except for abstractly when they came and they can now. Yeah. And and then by that point, they're going to be doing it with fractions and decimals, you know? Right. Like compare their whole number starting place to their fraction and decimal at the end of the year. Yeah. Just don't make it too big because they don't they won't have time to finish it and you will not grade it, which will just be useless again. It's probably going to be like the highlight of your year. Today's topic is don't be useless. Won't be grading. Yeah. You won't have your little wash tub of shut up papers that you have to <laughs> bring home to <laughs> every single night. I bring home a bucket of papers that I didn't finish. She was grading. like a paper fairy, just back and forth. Oh and back man, forth. you know me too well, Ruth. <laughs> <sighs> All right, how how long have we talked here, friends? Right, about fifty five minutes. Okay, so are you feeling? I'm feeling like I at least have a list of stuff to do when my okay. Soon to be future daughter in law. What? I th- well, I think that she's going to get a ring before the end of the year, and she has already. Does she listen me. to your well, podcast? Heck, let's not blow so. the podcast. Gracious, spoiler <laughs> no, alert! I don't think so. Um, she just texted me and was like, "Hey, your son's out of town, but I'm going to be in Lynchburg. Do you need help at your house, oh. in your classroom, oh. anywhere?" Bless. So now when she comes, I'm going to have like this list of, yeah, this is stuff you can do for me. Okay. Good. Aww. I know. So now I feel a little more organized because you're a little overwhelmed when someone's like, hey, what can I do? And you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I so I hear that. Awesome. All right. Well, I hope that you will report on how it goes. Um, I'm and, sure I you will. know, at the end, after like two weeks, we should go back and look at what we said you were going to do. And then what actually happened. Right. Uh-huh. And then what things were effective and which things you would edit again for next year and then right. at the start of season three we can listen again <laughs> that's right <laughs> all okay. right it's been real what's our takeaway don't be useless what do you mean oh like a pre-assessment like yeah, a like don't like the whole thing uh, we this whole conversation about pre-assessment is how to do a pre-assessment but make it useful make it yeah make it inform your teaching not just you know to check a box and then have to go do something that informs your teaching. Can I comment on that? Sure. So I think once you've made it, we should talk about it again before you give it. Like, what are you looking for? And think ahead about how it's going to inform what you do. Wait. So I have to make it and share it with you and talk about it before I give it? That means, like, don't make it the night before or yes, the morning of. that's what it means. Because if you don't go into it with a plan of how you're going to use it, then it's, right. then it's just going to be one more pointless. See, that is taking the five practices and just yes. making me apply it. Yes. See, we're going to apply what we learned this summer after all, friend. Whether you like it or not. Yes. Well, there is my takeaway. <laughs> okay. I got to go home and write my pre-assessment before we run tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. All right. My takeaway is um, I can be real honest with you, but I'm probably going to have to be a little gentler with other people because <laughs> I'm like being all bossy over here because I don't have a class to get ready for. But, um, you know, it's going to be baby steps with my new friends that I'm not new friends, my old friends that I'm working with. Um, and that's good. You know, like it's it's I'm just going to have all to... about just. What's that one thing that you can change? And so, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, I'll see you. On a run in the morning. Is it already tomorrow? Oh, wow. It's not tomorrow yet. It's still today. (laughs) It's already Sunday. So tomorrow is is the day we run. Tomorrow is Monday. See you. So go buy your kids some school supplies. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'll probably be my job for tomorrow, like 10 p.m. I'm thinking it's going to be Tuesday, the day before school, with all the other crazy people. (laughs) Yep. All right. See you tomorrow. Bye.